So at this time, it's now my honor and privilege to turn uh, the preaching part of this service to Pastor Shake Anderson. Can we show him our appreciation? Thank you for this opportunity, this privilege to speak to your people. God, I ask that they not see me and that they only hear your words in the name of Jesus. They only hear the message that you would have for them and realize that it is out of love that you bring this message forth so that we can move in a greater grace and a more abundant life in the name of Jesus. Amen. So where we are today is if you will, I'm going to see if you'll get this on the screen for me. Go to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, if you will. If you have your Bible, turn there, 1 Corinthians 12. While, while we're getting there, I want to say, um, those of you that weren't here um, Friday night, you missed an amazing event. Um, and, you know, just the highlights is John Huff, obviously, from American Idol. Everybody knows he can sing, but that brother is anointed. That brother is anointed, and he has the right spirit. And then Shan Reynolds, I was talking to the praise team this morning, and I was sharing with them, uh, with somebody asked who Shan Reynolds was. And I said, well, she's from BET. And they said, what's BET? I said, BET? You don't know what BET is? No, no, I've never heard of BET. So for those of you that don't know what BET is, it means black entertainment television. And Shan um, was one of the finalists on a, on a uh, program that's hosted by, does anybody know who Kirk Franklin is? Okay, thank you. It's hosted by Kirk Franklin. And she was a finalist on what's called Sunday Best. And so she came and worshipped with us. And I will say this. It was, it was called a Black History Celebration, but really it was just a worship service. And there is no such thing as just a worship service. You, you can have just a Black History Celebration. You can have just a program. You can have just Sunday morning service. But you can't have just a worship service because things change when people worship. Does that make sense? When, when, when people enter into real worship, things change. You cannot be the same after you've worshipped at the feet of, of, of God. So it was a worship service. And I know for myself, first of all, I was changed. So how can anybody else not be changed if I was changed? At least that's my own theory. I'm sticking to that. First Corinthians 12 and then 31. 31. And I'm reading from the NIV. It says, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you the most excellent way. And when you look at the NLV, it says, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But I will show you a way of life that is best of all. And then go on to, um, and you've read the love chapter before, right? You all have read that, love is, love is, love is, love is, all the things that love is. But I want you to say this to someone else, because I want you to learn to desire to prophesy. And not prophesy in the sense that, oh, I see the, you know, and all that, and your hand shaking, and da, 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 da. I'm talking about speak great things over people. I'm talking about speaking blessings over someone. I'm talking about encouraging their lives. I'm talking about telling this young lady right here, you know what? You are beautiful. 
And God has a plan for your life. And I'm not lying when I say he has wonderful things in store for you. And I don't have to know your name to know that. But I see it all over you. There is blessing on your life. And you have no choice but to succeed. So do what you want to do. I'll say it this way. I told my, I used to tell my daughter, um, for those of you that don't know, I have a four-year-old son, but I have three daughters that I raised in my first marriage. And, and my oldest daughter, when she got 13, now again, I didn't make her, but I raised her. You get that? I raised her. Well, when she turned 13, uh, because of the hurt and the pain in her heart from rejection from her biological father, she took it out on me. And I was the closest to her. So that made sense. Well, not to me at the time it didn't make sense. But now that I'm older and a little bit wiser, I realize that it wasn't personal. But I thought I took it as personal. And I remember at 13, I remember very markedly at 13, she told me, I hate you. And I wish you were dead. But not only that, she would go. Many, many days, many days, and say, I can't wait for you to die. And she would say that for years. She would say that. Thirteen. And I went through this with her. And then she wanted to live her life and do her own thing and, and all this stuff. And she wanted to ruin her life. Really what she wanted to do. You know, stay out all night long. She wanted Thirteen. But I remember telling her because God told me to tell her, you know what? Do what you want to do. Have fun. Enjoy your life. Get on out there. But sooner or later, you're going to serve the Lord. He told me to tell her that. Every time. And so what? you know what I would do? She'd be cussing me out. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not telling you I'm perfect because there were times I had to speak with a different form, with the hand of correction, as it were. Thy rod and thy staff. It wasn't comforting at that moment. But let me tell you something. I spoke that declaration over her life, and I kept on speaking. Today, not only is she saved, but I talk to her at least once a week. And you know what she says? Daddy, I love you. I'm so sorry that I let that stuff come out of my mouth. But you know what? You know the greatest thing about it? I've shared this before. She's preaching right now. That same little girl is preaching the word. You know why? Because I kept speaking it into her life. I stayed right there. No matter what happened, I'm going to speak. I'm mad. But I will speak into your life. So say this with me. Prophesy. Or encourage others to live. Say that again. Prophesy or encourage others to live. And I would say daily. 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 You said daily. I believe if we did that, I honestly believe if we took that as our stance and we did that, not just the city, Grand Bay, not this, this area of Dallas, Fort Worth, not just Texas, not just the United States, but the world. 
would get a revelation of the love of God, and it would be a better place. I honestly believe that with all my heart. So I'm going to share a few things with you because I'm moving on. 1 Corinthians 14 and 12 says this. The NIV says, So it is with you, since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. You know what the church is? It's not just these people in this building. It's not just those that came in this morning. The church is anybody that encounters you. You are the church. And you're adding to the church by encouraging others. Every time I look at the youth and I notice that they're growing, somebody's doing something great. Because they're representing Christ to their friends. And their friends are getting this revelation. There's something different about her, something different about him. They're getting that revelation. And then all of a sudden they're showing up. But you know where I really see it? Where I really see it in them is when I come and I just watch them worship. You want to see something that will trip you out, come on a Wednesday night and just watch their worship. First of all, it will shame you. Because we got pretty with our worship. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to get sweaty. I don't want to wrinkle my tie. When I had hair, I didn't want to mess it up. I don't want to make my makeup run. Not them. They are after the mind and the heart of God. So this thing, out of the box, into the world. I'll give you a couple examples real quick, and then I'll wrap it up. Because I've watched God do some things lately, and I'm wondering if the church is paying attention. Uh, if you're not, I need, I'm going to challenge you to wake up. These are good things, but I don't think the church is paying attention. Not really. Example, Tim Tebow. Everybody watches football. And that was the catchy thing this year. Tim Tebow, underdog, da-da-da-da-da. But you know, in all of that, in all that was happening with the Denver Broncos, which if you're a Steelers fan, don't boo, shut up. If you're a Steelers fan, you hate Tim Tebow. Because he's our enemy. But I saw Tim Tebow as a brother in Christ. So I'm watching, and to be, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, he was terrible to me. To me, he wasn't a great quarterback. But you know what I wanted to see? If he's standing on his confession. And I got to tell you, he stood. He stood. He wasn't just one of these guys who writes a few scriptures under his eyes and walks around because he's famous pointing up to heaven. He was real about it. Now, the church, some of the church, caught that. But there's other players that are believers. Pittsburgh Steelers have several players that are Christians. Palomalo, one of my favorite players, loves the Lord. Okay? So that's happening. Then you go, you make a left turn, the Tebow thing is over because they lose or whatever. Then you got Jeremy Lin. You know who Jeremy Lin is, right? Plays from New York. Uh, I know you don't know, babe. Don't worry about it. Plays for the Giants. Not the Giants. Not the Giants. Not the Giants. 
I'm messing with you. He plays for the Knicks. I hate the Knicks too. That's why I said it. But he's a believer. Now, I'll be honest with you. He's the real deal as far as I can tell. Not just a believer, but he's the real player. He's not a superstar that they've made him to be. But he's a player. But there's something happening here that you guys are missing. And the church is missing it big time. Now, here's my deepest point. Whitney Houston died recently. And Whitney Houston it was a noted drug user and had struggles with drugs. Big-time struggles, not little, big-time struggles. But Whitney Houston knew the Lord. Now, I watched the situation with her, and I watched how the church responded. Did you know that Whitney Houston's funeral was the most widely watched program of the year? It was covered by CNN, MSNBC, Fox, BET. Every major network covered that funeral. And not for 15 minutes, not for an hour, but for three and a half hours. And you know what happened on that program? The gospel. Now listen, listen, because you're missing it. If God can use a donkey to preach, he can use a crackhead. And if God can use a donkey to preach, he can use the death of a drug addict to wake up the world. And that's what he did. But we as church are sitting back too busy criticizing, going, oh, well, she wasn't this and she wasn't that. Listen, millions of people who never go to church heard the gospel. And that's crucial. Because we spend so much time criticizing people. We spend so much time in judgment of, over how somebody's looking or how they dress or how they worship. We're missing the whole point. Jesus wouldn't be welcome in most churches today. He's not welcome. He's sitting outside. When we go up and say, they didn't want me in there, he's sitting outside going, they don't want me in there either. Don't miss this. There's an opportunity. Granbury is a small town, but Granbury has a big fire. And I don't want you to miss your opportunity because you're so focused on junk. See past the junk. When you prophesy to somebody, prophesy with hope. Prophesy with love. Prophesy with purpose in that prophecy. When you prophesy to somebody and you say good things about them, say it and believe it. I watched T.D. Jakes when he spoke about Whitney, and they interviewed him. He said, I didn't know her that well until this last year. And it was well, he said, it was well documented for me, all the things that she had been through. But you know what he said? She's a child of the king. And there's value in her life. And there's value in her work. And there's value in her words. And listen, I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but I'm a black man. I don't go around telling people that. 
but I can't escape that. But the same Holy Spirit that resides in me should reside in every last person in this place. So if we're really going to do anything effective, if we're really going to be effective, we've got to put down the stereotypes. We've got to drop all of that junk. I'll share this last thing with you. I got invited to be a speaker at a college in Fort Worth. And a friend of mine who's a musician said, Shake, I want you to come. We've got a few students. He said, we've got a few students, and I want you to come this Thursday and speak to these students about music. It's a music appreciation. And he said, I needed somebody that's kind of a celebrity. And I said, okay, what time is it? He said, well, I need you to be there between 10 and 10.30. You'll only be 15 to 30 minutes. I said, okay, I'll be there. I show up at this college, and it's not a Christian college. And I show up at this college, and I speak to these students. They have this cafeteria, beautiful place. And I'm thinking it's going to be 5, 10, 15, 20, maybe 50 students at the most. There's 400, almost 600 students in this place. And I'm speaking to them, right? And the little panel thing, it's just me by myself. What happened to the panel? I'm by myself. So I'm speaking to these students, and at the end of the uh, the little message I gave, because I really don't know, it was just it was just whatever information about music business. It was just a general thing. And they give me a topic. I just, you know, what do you think? A few people ask questions. I answer the questions. And that was, that was going to be it. End of the thing, a guy walks up to me at the service and goes, are you a preacher or a pastor? And I said, yeah. I said, but does it, he said, he said I, want you, I want you to pray for me. And I said, well, does it matter if I'm a preacher or a pastor? Does that matter? He said, no. He said, there's something about you that I want you to pray for me. Well, I'm here to tell you that I prayed for this guy, and I got honest about it. I got earnest about it because I didn't know what he wanted prayer over. So I just got honest. Holy Spirit, you're going to have to tell me what's going on here and, and give me the words. I closed my eyes to pray for this guy, and when I opened my eyes, as far as I could see, they were lined up for prayer. Six hours later, don't miss this. Don't miss this. Six hours later, I'm praying and I'm mad. Fred, you should have got somebody. How, why didn't you tell me about this? Why did you? Why we could have had a team here. We could have had a da da da. Shake. I didn't know. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. God's not using the conventional, traditional thing anymore. He's not going into churches like that anymore. He's speaking to people in clubs. He's speaking to people in schools. He's speaking to the people in prisons. He's, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when somebody gets free that represents freedom for all, you better grab a hold of it. So I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm, I'm getting hoarse knowing that I got a men's meeting here at the church that I got to be at. Yet. Is that a, that's a Kentucky. The B yet, can you say B yet? 
Well, you know, somewhere I have to be. Stop correcting me. So anyway, I'm at this meeting, and I finish, come to the men's meeting. Some of the guys were here for the men's meeting last week. Gary, you were here. And I'll show you how God works. Because I always tell God, I want, I want you to put some checks and balances in my life so I don't get caught up in it and start milking the anointing or walking around like I'm holier than somebody else or I'm greater than somebody else. So I'm in this men's meeting, and we have our dinner and everything. First of all, nothing went right in the men's meeting. I burned the roast. I couldn't burn the lasagna. I didn't burn the lasagna. Zach burned the lasagna. <laughs> but I ruined the roast. So I'm mad. You understand? I just been in the, under the function, the power of God, and I've spent almost six and a half hours under the anointing, and now I'm mad because I burned the roast, and I'm going into this meeting. Show you how the enemy works. That's how the enemy works. So I'm in this meeting, and I only ask God, Lord, put some checks and balances in me so I don't operate in pride. I don't want to get caught up in this thing. I don't want just because there's anointing on my life and there's grace on my life, I don't want to get caught up in that. I think I'm better than anybody else. So I'm in this men's meeting, and I got my Bible out. And it's at this poignant moment. It's in this place in this meeting. This poignant moment is wonderful. We get ready to share the word, and God gave me a word, and I'm getting ready to give it to the guys. And I pull the Bible out, and I start to read the scripture. And I got my son, Bobby, with me. And right when I get ready to share the scripture, Bobby says, Daddy, I got to go to the bathroom. (laughs) And he didn't have to do number one. He had to do number two. And I got to go change him, so I got to stop preaching. You get me? You get me? I got to stop preaching to go change poop. Now, if you get in pride over that, yeah, there's there's a check and a balance for you right there. But you understand what I'm saying? God is pouring out his spirit and his anointing in ways that will blow your mind if you'll open yourself up to him. But you can't allow yourself to get into pride, and you can't allow yourself to become great. You have to stay small and get even smaller. What's the term that God told you in a small up? Small up yourself. Now, I haven't quite figured out how to do that yet, but I'm watching a great example in Pastor Allen. So the last thing I'll say is this, and then I want to share this song with you. Pay attention to the signs, because they're crucial. Now, I'm not one of the, I'm not into the whole end time prophecy, and I'm not one of those guys who's real deep about that. But I can tell when something's going on, and something's happening right now. Something's happening in this country. God is up to something. In this country. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. Because you don't want to miss it. 
God is up to something. And so, I'll say this last thing. Before we came to this, to Generations Church, my father in the ministry called me. About two weeks before we took the position, he called me and said, Shake, I'm coming out to Texas. I want to see you now. I want you to understand this. I come from a mega church. And by mega church, I don't mean it's a thousand members, two thousand. It's about twelve thousand members in this church. Evangel World Prayer Center, Dr. Bob Rogers. He's my father in the ministry. He's he's more than my father in the ministry because he really is like a father to me. When he misses me, he calls me up and says, Shake, I'm ready to go buy your suit. And that means that's a dad moment right there. So he called me up and he said, I'm coming to Texas. I want to meet with you. He flew in. Normally when you see Pastor Rogers, you go to see him and he'll make a little time for you. He flew out here to tell me, I bought this church in Louisville. It seats about 1,700. It also has a gymnasium. It has an apartment building that's huge. It also has a business office. It also has a daycare, child care center. It occupies a whole city block. So I'm calling it the City of Hope. It says, I want you to come out. You're going to have the full weight of evangel behind you. I want you to come and pastor that church. I said, Dad, we're going to come and see it. And so we went to see it. We prayed about it. We went and looked at it. An amazing, amazing opportunity. But we never could hear God on it. We never heard God on it. My wife and I prayed. We tried. Now, I'll be honest with you. I ain't going to lie to you. We tried to hear God. We were... I mean, we were straining. Was that God? Was that God? Bubby, Bubby pulled over here. Was that God? Did we hear God? But you know what? Praise God we were listening. Because he never said anything. But then, we got a call. Pastor Barry, I was talking to him one day. got a call. He said, man, I got a church in Granbury. I need a worship pastor. He says, it's a small church, but I like this guy, Pastor Allen. He says, I think he's a good guy. You should go check him out. I called Pastor Allen. They scheduled a time for us to come. We've been here ever since. Now, listen, the reason I say that is because we came out of not a great situation. The church we came out of, and I'm not condemning anyone. I'm not putting anybody down or anything. But we came out of a situation that just turned out not good for us. And we got hurt as a result of it. Hurt greatly. But how many know when you walk into the will of God, there's healing and restoration? If you'll, if you'll just get enough courage to just, you know, because a bad situation, it's easy to stay in a bad situation because you know it. You're familiar with it. I know how to handle this, yeah? And I liken it to this. My, my, you know, you can be in a marriage and your husband's abusive. But a wife stays because she doesn't know what's beyond that marriage. She stays because that's all she's known. Instead of taking a chance and walking into the unknown, which obviously God has a plan for you, you stay there. Well, I liken our situation to that. I come into this place. 
And not only is it a place of faith, but this is a place of encouragement. And so we, we're in here and we don't know. I don't know. I don't know because, you know, the last time we got in a place that somebody was encouraging us, it wasn't long before we got, you know, we got a whipping. We got, we got hurt. So I don't know how to trust that. Holy Spirit kept saying, this is where you need to be. This is where you need to be. And it keeps proving it over and over and over and over again. It keeps proving it. So we got here. Pastor Allen, Pastor Vet are constantly encouraging us to grow, constantly encouraging us to do things, constantly encouraging the praise team. But not only that, the church itself is constantly encouraging the praise team. The church itself is constantly encouraging us to grow, to leap forward, to, to believe. And what happens? Do a little record. Praise team did it. Now, somebody else is getting a little bit of the glory for it. They're getting the glory for it, but we know. We know who did all the singing on their record. That same record. Thursday, I'm sitting in my office. I'm going through my emails, not pay, really paying attention, nothing. And I get a little thing, a little deal, half a paragraph that says, congratulations, you've been nominated for a Dove Award. What? I don't think you get it. God is doing something. I don't think you get it. This church in Granbury, this little church in Granbury, is up against the passion. It's up against the story. It's up against all these great, great, big, huge names. But God is up to something. Now, how did we get here? We stood. Things got a little rocky. Things got a little crazy. Stand on the word of God. I don't know where we're going, but Lord, you ain't told us to leave. So I will stand. And in the middle of that, he blessed, he blessed, he blessed, he blessed, he blessed, he blessed, he blessed. That's what your life is going to be. I declare that right now. That's what your life is going to be. If you'll stand, I declare right now, that's what your life's going to be. Blessing and blessing and blessing and blessing and blessing and blessing. Lord, it's too much blessing and blessing and blessing. Lord, I can't have it. Blessing and blessing and blessing and blessing. My windows are full. My house is full. My car is full. I can't carry any more blessing. Blessing and blessing. I'm overrun. Blessing and blessing and blessing. I can't just take no more. Blessing and blessing and blessing and blessing. Lord, I'm already healed. Blessing and blessing. We're going to heal somebody else. Blessing and blessing and blessing. Lord, I've already been restored. Blessing and blessing and blessing. Lord, I've already been vindicated. Blessing and blessing and blessing. Lord, I have all the money I need. Blessing and blessing and blessing and blessing. Lord, I'm full. I'm busted. Blessing and blessing and blessing and blessing. But you know what? You got to stand. You got to stand. Last thing I'll say, you youth, and I love you guys. You're amazing. And you're doing things that confuse the enemy. This little girl at this place I prayed for came up to me, Samoan girl, skinny. I've never seen a skinny Samoan. Gorgeous. 
You know what I'm saying? I've never seen a skinny Samoan. I've just, I've just never seen one. I'm not stereotyping anybody, but I've never seen one. Gorgeous. Says to me, would you pray for me? I know I'm ugly. She's gorgeous. She's saying this to me. She's serious. I know I'm ugly. She's got these skinny pants on. Got a top. Arms are covered, everything. Up to here, you know, with the collar and all that. I start praying for Holy Spirit starts speaking. And Holy Spirit starts revealing some things. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to know. There's some abuse going on here. There's some misuse going on here. There's some mishandling going on here. And she's hurting. You've got to help her break them off of her. I was praying to God. I'm begging God, you got to show up. you got to show up because I don't know what to do with this. I don't know how to pray for her. I don't, I don't know, God. She pulls up her arm. She pulls up her sleeve on her sleeve. And it's just cut up. It's cut up. It's cut up. Her whole arms, all of them just cut. Where there were scabs, there's cuts. It's where she's been cutting over the scabs. My heart is broke. Lord, you gotta touch this girl. You gotta, you gotta help her. He helped me see. She's one in millions. One in millions that's carrying this burden. That's why you're in Granbury. That's why you're where you are. I couldn't let you go to Louisville. If I let you go to Louisville, you wouldn't have got the call from the college to come and pray for my daughter and love on her. You wouldn't have got the call. I went through a lot of sickness to be where I am today. I spent nine months in the hospital to be where I am today, and I'm thankful to God for it because I learned to tap into something that I didn't have before. I know that I'm healed, but I also know I have the power to heal. And my words carry weight. Bondage again, you just stand. 
when you've given all your own, and it seems like it's never been done, you just stand when there's nothing left to do. You just stand. Watch the Lord see you through. Thank you, Pastor Shake. Thank you so much. Can we all stand? just want to pray a prayer. Father, we thank you for the word that we've heard. We've been challenged in the area of reaching outside the norm and being ready to speak and pray words of encouragement for those you bring us to and those who you bring to us Lord, help us to go, and as we are going, be encouragers. Speak words of edification, exhortation, and comfort. Because, Lord, everyone who is not a believer was created in your image. Help us, Lord, to esteem people highly and then to communicate the love of God to minister to their fallenness. And, Lord, we've been encouraged to stand when we face things that we don't know what to do, Lord, we we can just stand. We don't have to run. We don't have to retreat. We can just stand and keep our eyes upon you, waiting on the answer, waiting on the wisdom to come, Lord, and dealing with irreconcilable differences, lack, whatever. Lord, help us to stand in Jesus' name.